Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming articles, books, and podcasts looking for the most interesting ideas around security, technology, and how they interact with us as humans. The idea is content discovery and exploration. Each episode is either a curated summary of what I've found in the past week or a standalone essay that hopefully gives you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode number 147. Let's get started with security news. We're preparing to release the 2018 version of the OWASP IoT Top 10, and would love to get your feedback on that. I've got a form up on the blog around how to uh, <clears throat> submit your input, whether you're a maker or you're a tester. You can uh, submit your input there and rate the project and uh, give your feedback. Got a link here on how to check your Facebook account to see if it was hacked. A company that owns Fortnite has purchased a company focused on stopping cheaters. A government report has shown that it's easy to hack a number of Pentagon weapon systems. I'd actually be more surprised if they were hard to hack, honestly. Uh, easy to hack is the default for any group as large as the military industrial complex. Still depressing, though. A collection of state attorneys general have petitioned the FCC to let local carriers be more aggressive with blocking neighborhoods call spam. Law enforcement is being told not to look at mobile phones because they might have face identification enabled and they don't want to reduce their number of guessing attempts or get locked out. A Russian group has filmed a video of a woman pouring bleach on someone manspreading on a train and they try to pass it off as real but they got discovered. Russian propaganda like this is all over the place, designed to make Americans hate each other, and it's working. Many are confused by America's unwavering support for Saudi Arabia, but I don't see the mystery, actually. Regardless of the bad that they do and the ways they supply and fund our enemies around the world, they are also, along with Israel, the most powerful counterbalance against Iran in the region. For that reason alone, we should be tied to them. And I'm sure there's other reasons to be tied to them as well. And I'm not saying we should, as in like morally we should. I'm saying that this is the reason that we are. Few things have as much explanatory power as the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And we've got security advisories for Google Plus and Facebook. Technology News got a pair of glasses that block all screens from view while you're wearing them. Google's new call screen feature looks to massively reduce spam calls by having an AI assistant answer all calls for you and then transcribe what is said in real time so you can decide to answer or mark the call as spam. I would like them to do that on their own, actually, um, and just make that decision for you because it seems hard to look at a transcript every time you get a call and make the decision. Google might have benefited greatly from GDPR. With fewer trackers out there, they get basically more of the pie, which I don't think they actually needed any more pie. Axon, which is formerly Taser, has new body cams that can live stream and detect gunshots. There's a camera now so fast that it can image a laser moving through a beam splitter in slow motion. I love lasers and this thing, uh, I watched this thing over and over. Google is releasing cloud storage that can 
by, by default live in two geographic regions at the same time to enhance redundancy. I think this is actually the future of cloud services. Basically every tier of the system from DNS to storage to the front end uh, to network transfer, all of it will be redundant like across the globe. Facebook made a video camera that I will not be buying. I'd rather have a MySpace cam bankrolled by Satan. Alexa is patenting technology to detect when you're sick or depressed, so it can send you medication. And we already knew this, but Python is becoming the most popular programming language in the world. Human news, the stock market boom is being driven by consumerism, evidently which is like cyanide as an antidote to arsenic. A minimum wage worker needs to work two and a half full-time jobs to afford a one-bedroom apartment in the U.S. Millions of workers believe they're bound by contracts that either don't exist or are seldom enforced. And tech workers are increasingly asked uh, or are increasingly asking what they're building and why. Ideas, trends, and analysis. A discussion into why so many fantasy series are focused on academic learning institutions. The one that jumped to my mind was Harry Potter, but uh, there was also a lot of this in Name of the Wind. You basically go into a learning institution and you have like all these tiers, right? You have like um, different houses that you're divided into. You have all the different grades that you have to go through. There's lots of rituals. There's like uniforms that you wear. It uh, reminds me a lot of like Dragon Ball Z where you have like tiers of power. It seems like this is just a really common theme in fantasy series. If anything needs a national holiday in a democratic country, it's a voting day. And a ton of workers at Marriott are striking right now. And the pain they're feeling makes it understandable. I was at AppSec USA recently and saw them downtown. What's uh, so remarkable about this is that the general public and the media don't seem to understand how bad the problem really is. The problem isn't the companies. The problem is that the companies aren't there to provide jobs. It's not actually their purpose. If they could deliver all their services with just one person, like a CEO, they absolutely would. And it would be okay for them to do that. And if a company has 100 employees and they find a way to do their work with only 10 instead, that is not their fault. It's actually nobody's fault. Nobody owes anyone else a job. That's what people don't understand. I, this did not sink in for me until like 10 years ago, but it blew me away and then scared me when it finally set, settled in. Basically, we're looking at a world where the only reason people have money to support their families is that companies haven't yet figured out how to automate their employees' jobs. And they're currently investing millions upon millions of dollars to do exactly that. So where does the anger belong? Who are we supposed to be mad at? The companies? No. The government? No. The name of this pain is actually technological progress. We need to rapidly prepare for a world where most people working are no longer useful. As Harari calls it, they become part of the useless class. There's no greater threat right now <clears throat> to the American way of life or to societal stability than this. It's something we can deal with if we start thinking about it now and if it happens slowly enough. But I'm worried that 
people aren't even seeing the actual problem. They blame the companies for not providing jobs when that's not what they're actually there for. Nobody in the country has a responsibility to provide jobs. It's insane when you think about it. Human workers were only needed because technology, technology wasn't advanced enough, and that's going away. It's seriously time to get ready for how this will impact us, and we're currently still in the denial phase. Discovery, a visual explainer for every byte of a TLS con co uh, connection. Data breach index seems to be a pretty interesting collection of uh, breach data statistics and trends. Got an AI here that can create high quality anime characters at will. Steven Pinker's list of recommended books, the top 10 web hacking techniques of 2017, search list of publicly available tools seen in cyber attacks, join cap, which will seamlessly merge PCAPs together. Uh, notes this week, currently reading algorithms to live by the blade itself and soul of a new machine. Recently finished iGen, Brave New World, Creative Selection, The Plot to Destroy Democracy, and The Coddling of the American Mind. And I just purchased The Elements of a Life. Uh, really starting to enjoy The Blade itself. Um, couldn't get into it really, but um, now it's starting to pick up. The Plot to Destroy Democracy is basically a spy novel starring Putin and the rest of the world, except for it's real iGen is a book about Gen Z, which is basically every teenager under the age of like 19 or so. I think like 19 or 20 year olds are millennials. And then all teenagers below that age are actually Gen Z. It's something around there. I'm not sure the exact cutoff. And Algorithms to Live By is a fantastic book about using the lessons from computer science and mathematics to improve your life in a practical way. And I wrote a summary on it, so it's on my um, book summaries page. Recommendations, if everyone loves you and nobody dislikes you, you're probably being too cautious and passive in life. If everyone dislikes you, if everyone dislikes you, you probably need to make changes. Ideally, you'd have a large group of people that love you and respect you and a small group of haters. As long as most people like you, you should treat haters as a badge. And the aphorism for this week, the more you get paid, the less likely turning something off and back on again will resolve the issue. The more you get paid, the less likely turning something off and back on again will resolve the issue. Huxley, zero, zero. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget, you can also get the show, including all the links to the things I mentioned, in text form by signing up for the email newsletter at danielmiesler.com newsletter or via the blog post for each episode. I'll see you next time.